I welcome you to the Holistic Health Show. I'm Dr. Carl O'Helvey, your host. For the show this week, a Facebook friend, Kendra Bow, and I will talk about what we have learned since having Facebook pages and also having cancer, either personally, me, or in our families, both of us, and what is needed to successfully overcome cancer. Ken sent the following as background. My story started back in October 1991 when my father was first diagnosed with bladder cancer and had it scoped and then took out a tumor, which they told him at the time they had to leave just a stem because they didn't want to cut into the bladder wall. After this surgery, they gave him radiation treatment, which always made him feel bloated. So long story short, he never really felt it necessary to change his lifestyle or diet. But he fortunately survived cancer two more times, and the third being a tumor by the breastbone, which they decided to fry with radiation. Then, in about only a year later, it came back. I remember this day, which was February 24, 2005, My mom and sister took him to Ohio State and found out it was terminal. They told him of the year. It was leomyosarcoma, a rare type only four in a million have. So it was nearly the end of the diagnosis when I went to the shrine in Cary, Ohio, because I was going through severe depression and went there to pray for my peace of mind because it seemed that about every time I was about to dig myself out of the dark hole, I fell deeper back into it. So on the way from Mass that day, I was handed a vision for my blog. I thought this was brilliant, but at the time I didn't know how to type, let alone computers or the Internet, but it didn't stop me. And boy, after that date, I learned when the student is ready, the teacher would appear from Mont Prong in Kettering at Half Price Books. That Chinaman owned a business and came here and went through his own form of cultural shock because of the American diet. And that provided me the basis for Solitarius Org. In addition to his Facebook page, Solitarius Org, Ken also manages. Cannabis Saves People, and Rosa's Corner. He is from Ohio and graduated from Northwestern College in Lima, Ohio. More information is available at facebook.com forward slash ken.gabow. I, Carlo Helvey, am a registered nurse with a doctorate in public health and wellness from Johns Hopkins University and over 60 years' experience as a nurse practitioner, educator, author, and researcher, and received national recognitions, including the Distinguished Career Award from the American Public Health Association and listings in Wikipedia. I'm the author of 10 books, contributor to three others, have over 100 peer-reviewed articles, and presented research papers around the United States and Europe. While in academia, I've developed a theory of nursing and health that is used internationally and received national funding for and administered a health care program for homeless and low-income individuals and families. I have been interviewed on over 200 radio and television shows over the past six years. At age 86, I currently host the Holistic Health Show on BBS Radio and am President CEO of the Carlo Helvey Holistic Cancer Foundation. Given six months to live with the diagnosis of lung cancer in 1974, I overcome it using holistic natural interventions with no chemo, radiation, or surgery. Some of my current interviews can be found on HolisticCancerFoundation.com, BeatLungCancer.net, 
and HolisticHealthShow.com. Tonight, my guest is Ken Gabo, and we're going to do something a little bit different than usual. Ken and I are going to talk back and forth about the highlights of what we've learned since we had pages on Facebook and also since I had lung cancer. And we're also going to look at what is needed in order to be cured of cancer. Why do some people get better, other people don't? We've had a lot of experience with cancer over the years, and this seemed like something that would be of interest to the listeners. And we may have other questions that come up as we go along. So I'd like to start by asking Ken why he got interested in having pages on Facebook. Carl, my, my story started back in October of 19, one month, when my father had bladder cancer. So the medical profession, they scoped it, found a tumor, removed it, and left the stem in, inside of his bladder, which they apparently afterwards gave him radiant treatments, and it always made him feel bloated. So I started to think back then, uh, there has to be a better way of doing this. And through his 14 years of cancer, they was always making him second-guess his treatments. and Towards the tail end, the fourth go-around on February 24, 2005, my mother and sister went to Ohio State with him. They found out he was terminal with sarcoma. So towards the tail end of the terminal cancer, I went up to Cary, Ohio, and started to pray at the shrine up there because mm-hmm. I was basically going through severe depression at that time and needed a peace of mind. So um, with this depression, it always made me feel like I was in a dark hole and just kept digging myself deeper in. So when I come home that night, um, driving home that night, I had a vision for the blog. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I really didn't have no computer knowledge. I didn't even know how to type, didn't know what the internet was. And with this vision, I just basically, which I prayed and received, following a week, I ran into this Chinaman in Kettering, Ohio, and he, he was uh, researching cancer for seven years. And he was telling me about his culture shock when he came to the United States. Uh, after I talked to the Chinaman from Dayton, I just started to run into people. After that, it just seemed like whenever the students were ready, the teachers will appear. And it just led one thing to the next. And before I knew it, I had an inter- <laughs> uh, I started my blog on the Internet. And after that, I started to group up. And we just went from there. And everything blossomed into a new something big in my eyes. Mm-hmm. The vision just turned out to be what it really, really what I wanted it to be. And how many pages do you have, Ken? Pages on the internet. Uh huh. Um, oh, I've got like, I've got one group, and I have three or four different community pages. Mm-hmm. Great. I have one about the Gershon therapy. I have one on cannabis, mm-hmm. and a few others. I have a community page for Solitaris dot org, and I also have my blog on the internet. Mm-hmm. Great. Good. So you've had lots of experience with people about cancer. That's good. And then, oh, def- mm-hmm. then can we start to talk about what we have learned? Maybe I'll give you a break and I'll talk first on this and then I'll turn it over to you and then turn it back to me. One of the things that I have learned since I have had cancer is that the holistic approach is the best approach for chronic illnesses, including cancer. And I think the reason it's the best approach is because I was taught in public health that there are multiple factors that lead up to a disease process. And consequently, to me, there are multiple factors that need to be resolved when you have a health issue. For me, it was a holistic approach to cancer treatment, and that involved the physical, the mental, the spiritual, as well as the environment, politics, and relationships, because every one of those affect getting better or you're not getting better. And I used these, and I learned a lot more about the holistic approach when I moved to Virginia and I was asked to be the camp nurse at the Edgar Casey camp in the western part of Virginia several summers when I was off from teaching at the university. 
And so I learned about the Casey approach. And Casey was noted as the grandfather of holism by the American Medical Association. And I used that. I included the mental, spiritual, as well as the physical when I had cancer in 1974. And it took two years to get over the cancer, but I never had a recurrence. And that's fairly common when you use chemo or the traditional approaches. And so I strongly advocate the holistic approach anytime someone is dealing with a chronic illness. So that's my first one, Ken. And so we'll ask your first one. Carl, I'd like to know what it was like back in 1974 when you went through cancer. You didn't have the internet, very little resources. What kind of stress did that put on you, and how did you overcome that? Well, there were no internet, but I was in a Search for God group, which was a group that was initially developed by Edgar Casey again, and there were a group of women that were interested in being better people, and they wanted to develop spiritually. But it was non-denominational, so Edgar Casey worked with the group. And there are chapters in the book on faith, patience, love, forgiveness, etc., all of the spiritual attributes. And so I had been in groups where we had focused on these in terms of the concepts, and then we focused on applying these in our day-to-day life and then getting back to each other and discussing them when we had our meetings once a week. And we also meditated every day, which was our way of turning to God within. And so when I had lung cancer, it was as a result of a dream that I discovered I had it. And then I went to the doctor and he confirmed that it was lung cancer as a result of x-rays and biopsies. And so I had that basis, but there was a woman in my Search for God group who had worked with a lot of people that had cancer using Laetrile, and she had a doctor that she referred everyone to. And not only did she want me to go to this doctor, but she also wanted me to have a reading by someone she considered the best psychic reader in the country. And so I had the reading with him, and he picked up the cancer and also told me I should not treat it traditionally, but that I should use all natural interventions. And so my friend referred me to a doctor in Northern Virginia who retested and determined that it was lung cancer and prescribed laetrile, pancreatic enzymes, the zinc, high-dose vitamin A, the vegan diet, and then I added, and several other supplements, and then I added the mental, spiritual, the faith, patience, forgiveness, being positive, all of those things. So I think that as you mentioned earlier, when the student has a need, the teacher appears. And I think that that has happened many times in my life. And Ursula, my friend, was the person that I needed at that time because I didn't have access to the internet or all of the information we do now. But I had Ursula, who knew the doctor, knew the person that she thought would help me the most to make the decision about going or not. She also agreed to be available day or night whenever I had doubt that I could call her. And so I think that everything I needed was right there. And I might have been interacted differently now than I did back then. But I had everything I need. And I think that God plays a very important part in our health and illness if we're open to this. And I think that God made sure that Ursula and I connected and that she had the resources that I needed. So that was why I think I was able to do it 
without the internet, etc. Pretty much how I uh, had my vision for my website, and I just started to run into people, and before I knew it, I was starting to get <laughs> answers, and mm-hmm. I always had somebody there to help me make it to the next step. Mm-hmm. And through what you were just you were just saying, do you feel the vitamin A and the enzymes and the latrell all work together really nicely to help you overcome your cancer? Right. The reason that they do is the zinc is needed to take the laetrile to the website. The high-dose vitamin A keeps the normal cells from converting to cancer cells. And I've read most recently that turmeric does the same thing. So that I think people could probably substitute turmeric for the high-dose vitamin A, but I don't know how much they would take of that. I think turmeric is probably a little bit safer than the high-dose vitamin A, except for those people that have a heart condition or something where they're on blood thinners, since turmeric is a blood thinner. Um, I think that the pancreatic enzymes were very important to soften the outer wall or shell of the cancer cells, and also because these are so often depleted in cancer patients. And so I think that every piece fit with every other piece and that people can't pick and choose. I think that a lot of people will just use the apricot kernels, but they also are using maybe the Budwick diet. They may be using CBD oil, using other things. But I don't think that you can take just one thing by itself and expect a cure. Now, I know Dr. Eidelman, when I interviewed him, said that you could take CBD oil that had at least 50% um, THC and take one gram a day for 60 days, and it would cure the cancer. But he said then, sometimes people stop it and it comes back. And I think that some of the difference may be that the mental spiritual activities are missing, you know. And I think sometimes my belief is that everything happens for a reason, and sometimes there's things we need to learn. And if we just do a quick fix of something, we aren't learning what we're supposed to have learned. And until we learn what we're supposed to, we're going to be get repeat opportunities to, to learn whatever it is we're supposed to learn, if that makes sense, Ken. Yeah, my definition of cancer is a clear, clear-eyed rejection to a chaotic lifestyle. And through cancer, I think it basically brings a greater focus into your life of who you are and where you're at. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Right, right. Yeah. But before before you had lung cancer in 74, was your life a lot of stress and basically being chaotic? Well, I graduated with my doctorate in 1969, and so by 74, I'd been teaching for five years, but I taught two years or three years at Duke, and then I moved to Virginia. And so I'd only been at the university here a couple of years, and they had also asked me to move in as chair of the nursing program because they had never had a doctorally prepared nurse before, and there were only 200 nurses in the country at that time with doctorates. So that was stressful, the administration of a program, and it's something I don't especially like. I like the student interaction. But then I was having to do some teaching also, so it was developing new classes, and, and then professors are expected to do research and to publish and all of that. So it is a very hectic, stressful lifestyle for many professors. and so. I know my nutrition wasn't what it should have been, and I know that I wasn't always getting the sleep that I needed because of the demands on my life. So, yes, it was there. So basically, after you got over the fear of having cancer, basically developed a little bit more courage and 
went, went out and seek the awareness, she overcame cancer because fear basically blocks the immune system. And by getting over your fears of cancer, do you feel that played a part in it? Oh, yeah. That's partly why I did not have a recurrence, I'm sure, is because I don't have the fear of cancer anymore. I know what to do when I get cancer, so I don't have to, you know, worry about finding what is going to work for me. And also, I think that it's sometimes it's not being real busy. It's maybe your attitude toward being real busy, because I strongly believe that one should stay busy doing what they enjoy doing. Because when we're busy, we don't have time to think about our aches and pains. And part of that being busy is helping others, which I find extremely important in staying well and in overcoming illness. You know, I have different conditions come up because I'm, I'll be 87 this year. And I have different conditions come up. But if I don't focus on them and I keep busy and I keep trying to help other people, all of a sudden one day I'll say, oh, I haven't had that problem for three months now. It's gone. I wasn't even aware of it, that it's gone until I consciously stop and think about it. It's like I was deaf in one ear, and then, you know, I just forgot about it, and I was so busy, and then all of a sudden one day I thought, oh, I can see perfect out of that ear again, you know. So a lot of things in life I think, resolve themselves if you focus on something that you're passionate about and you focus on helping other people. Does that make sense, Ken? Sure it does. I feel like I have a greater sense of life now being that I put solitaires on the Internet and I'm on my Facebook group all the time helping people. And by helping people, it just gives me a lot more cheerful attitude, and I think that gets my endorphins run in my system, and that pretty much elevates my immune system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't get sick and don't have as many colds as I used to. Mm-hmm. That's great, Ken. Because I feel I have a sense of purpose now in life. Mm-hmm. Passion. Mm-hmm. That's, those are key. Right, it is. And one thing that I've learned, Ken, is that, and we've, we didn't identify this as such, but we've talked about it. And that is that there are really different ways to overcome chronic illnesses, including cancer. And I think of Debbie, a good friend of mine, and she cured her cancer with prayer and faith. And she was written up in one of the medical journals, and she was written up in one of these rag papers. It was authentic that that was the only intervention she had. And other people, like I use Laetril, but I don't subscribe to just the one, as I said earlier, I described to a holistic, but the major cancer killer for me was Laetril. Dr. Einman has talked about people that cure themselves with medical marijuana. Dr. Lango, when I interviewed him, talked about his fasting, mimicking diet, killing cancer cells. So there's many different ways to deal with cancer. There's no one way. And again, with holistic approach, I think that people can be successful. In one of your other episodes, I want Dr. Contreras still says that Latrell is one of his leading cancer killers down in his clinic in Mexico. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are some in the United States also, I think Dr. Esslinger at the Reno Integrative Center, I think does it, but I'm not sure. For me, it was the right thing to do, but it is a little bit involved. And as I say, the only thing that I'm concerned about is the high-dose vitamin A because it's such a toxic dose, but it didn't affect me at all. Do you want to tell us what you've learned about diet and cancer? Yeah, diet is really one of the most vital things you can possibly do. Um, whenever you talk cancer, you're talking toxins, 
we're talking nutritional deficiencies. We're also talking the emotional part of cancer. Whenever you talk nutritional deficiencies, that's big. I know people in this area were basically overcame cancer, put it in remission just by going down to Dr. Van Merkel down in Kettering. Uh-huh. He also has an associate. He also has an associate down there, Dr. Dyer. People go down there and get a comprehensive blood analysis done of their deficiencies in their blood of minerals, vitamins, and basically about 200 other components of your body makeup. And what they'll do, what he does down there is he corrects you with supplements. And I've known people that just went into remission on the supplements alone. Mm-hmm. The blood test costs like $800, and the supplements he hands out, another $700 or $800, and people get in remission with basically a budget of about $2,000. Mm-hmm. He's like the head of the uh, nutritional science-based organization in here, Dr. Van Merkel. He's one of the leading chiropractors in the country. Mm-hmm. Good. I find that pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once you get everything balanced out, it just everything falls into place. Mm-hmm. I think what it does is kick, it kickstarts your immune system, and your immune system fights the cancer off. Mm-hmm. I think omega-3s are vitally important, too, because it helps reduce um, chronic inflammation in your system. Mm-hmm. Based on the interactions on your pages, Ken, what do you think of the ketogenic diet? I just listened to Ty Bollinger's tour through Asia. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of Asian doctors really talking keto, keto, keto. Mm-hmm. After I watched Ty Bollinger's new series, I've really become a big booster. I'm starting to really investigate keto diet a lot mm-hmm. more than what I did. Mm-hmm. And in the United States, Elaine Canton, she's got a group on Facebook. She overcame cancer with the keto diet. And there's a lot of people, a few people, I should say, on, on the Internet would overcame brain, brain cancer just using the keto diet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. You're basically getting rid of your carbs and feeding your system with proteins. Mm-hmm. I think it beats the um, macrobiotic diet. Right. I think it beats Gershon, because Gershon's pretty expensive. Right. Restrictive. I think the last time I talked with Dr. Esslinger, he had moved to the ketogenic diet. And as I say, he has the Reno Integrative Center. He used to use the diet that I used when I had lung cancer, which was the vegan diet. I think he's moved to the ketogenic. I'm not sure about it. From my point of view, I think that it might be okay for cancer, but my concern is what it may do to the body down the road because it isn't it high protein and fat and no carbs, almost no carbs. And I think that, you know, to me, I guess because I was taught the importance of a balance between the protein, fat, and carbohydrate, I still have a little difficulty seeing one that is not part of that mix. So, With a modified keto diet, though, I think they're actually putting in a lot more good fats than bad fats. Mm-hmm. They're going with omega fats, offsetting with some carbs. If you do a lot of research on the internet, if you decide keto, I think you'd find out that the keto isn't like the Atkins diet. We're asking, they just more or less push protein, protein, protein. They don't really, they don't really give you an idea of between good and bad fat. And I think the with the keto diet, if you pump in more good fat, it'll help you out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're basically starving your cancer cells with carbohydrates. Sugar feeds cancer. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I could have carbohydrate on my vegan diet when. I had lung cancer, and the concern then tended to be more the pancreas than the sugar. So I think that either will work depending probably upon what the other aspects of your treatment plan is, because I know that worked for me, and I know the ketogenic has worked for some people. So I think that probably again, it that either will work depending upon the other circumstances. Do you agree or not? Yeah, I agree. I agree because with carbohydrates, there's a difference between refined carbohydrates and there's a difference between complex. Mm-hmm. I'm never afraid of vegetables or fruit. Mm-hmm. I think with fruit, though, you got to stay on the low, low glycemic side of the 
right. scale, but I'm never really too concerned about the complex carbohydrates. Right. Now, I eat a lot of berries because they're low glycemic level and also they're low carb. I stay away from the bananas and I still do the carrot juice because it is high vitamin A, which I think is good to get adequate amounts of. So I think that my diet probably has had a lot to do with my not having a recurrence, but it also... Uh, I stopped smoking, and that probably had an effect, right, for lung cancer. And uh, so there are other factors with each person that probably makes the difference. Another thing I wanted to bring up, Ken, and that is that as we get older, we tend to have more health concerns. And I think that some people have more than others, and I think that it's more than genetics and the lifestyle. And this, I'm getting back, I know I harp on it, but I'm getting back to the spiritual mental. And I'm sure you've had this experience, but I've also had it where if you ask God or your angels for help, you will get that help. And as you get used to getting that help, you're going to get it, whether you ask for it or not. And it's going to be helpful. And an example with me was when I had lung cancer, I had the dream that told me to go for a chest X-ray. Had I not had that, I would not have gotten diagnosed at an early stage that it would have progressed because with lung cancer, usually it's stage four metastasized before you have symptoms. And yet I was picked up. They didn't have staging at that time, but I suspect it was probably stage one or two. So I think that if we ask, that's one example. I think that I could probably, I used to keep track of things that happened that was far from coincidences, but there were so many of them that it was taking too much time to write them all down. But I think that you and I both have had these situations where we have received guidance. And I also find that when I write, which is what I enjoy doing more than anything else, I like to just sit and write and it gives me a high. I get, I'm very passionate about writing and being able to share my thoughts with other people. And when I finish writing and then I look back at it, I think, where did this come from? This is good. And I'm not egotistical at all, but I read it. It's like it's coming from somewhere else. It's not coming from me. I'm writing it, but I'm not composing it. And so it's it's a very exciting process for me. Can you identify with this? Yeah, I can, because whenever I blog, I feel like my father's presence behind me, looking behind my shoulder at me, making sure I have all my eyes dotted and my teeth crossed. Mm-hmm. You know, that might sound a little out there, but I always feel like my dad's sitting there helping me write my blog. And we was always pretty close, and he always, when he was alive, identifying with me, he would always guide me in the right direction. Maybe it's an intuitive thing, too. Uh-huh. I remember when I was, I was in Virginia last October and visited you. You mm-hmm. we were having problems with a bladder infection. Mm-hmm. And you called Thomas, Thomas Moore, your intuitive medical expert, and he helped guide you through that. Mm-hmm. Can you tell your listeners a little bit more about that experience? Right. Good I was amazed. friend of mine, Anne-Marie Evers, who has written most of the books on affirmations. I think the first one was probably Louise Hay. She had affirmations in her books, You Can Heal Your Life. But Anne-Marie wrote several books that were very specific on how to write and use affirmations successfully. And we've been friends for many years, and I was having a problem of some sort, and and Anne-Marie suggested that I call Thomas in Canada, and he is very good and very reasonable priced. And so I talk with him periodically about health issues that I have. I can call, and if I have an issue, I may tell him, you know, what I'm having, and then he can look in my body 
and tell me what's going on if I initially I would just go, I mean, I would be available on the phone and he would tell me about the health of each organ in my body. He would tell me what my potassium was, what my calcium was, what my sodium was, where it should be, what I needed to do to correct it, et cetera, et cetera. And I used, I know one time I had a little problem with my adrenals and he put me on live adrenal glands. Another time my kidney function was a little bit low and he put me on live kidney. And in a couple months, it brought my kidney function back to where it was supposed to be. Currently, through a functional doctor, my thyroid was out of kilter and I'm taking thyroid from a cow that is bringing my thyroid level back to where it belongs. So the medical intuitives are becoming more and more popular, and I have just found one that meets my needs very well. And I also see a psychic periodically who advises me on certain things, including health, if I ask about health. And she has been very optimistic about my health. And as I say, I'll be 87 this year. The average for a 65-year-old is three chronic illnesses and five prescribed medications. And two years ago, I started my first medication, and that was for AFib. And I also now take a second one, which is for my prostate. And the only health issue that I've got really is the heart. And the thing that works the best for that is the CBD oil. So I think, again, that my public health background, my interaction with God in my daily life, my belief in my angels, they have brought people to me that will help me to continue to stay well so that I can continue writing and having my radio show to help other people. I hope it does. And so I think that, you know, it's just a wonderful life when you have this connection with something within yourself that is your higher self. Does that answer? Yeah, I believe in following your intuition, too. Mm -hmm. If I would have cancer, if I would have cancer, what I gravitate to is the Budwood Protocol, Mm -hmm. maybe like intravenous mistletoe, vitamin C, B17, B12, glutathione, vitamin K. I believe in hypothermia. If you can't get it, if you can't find it anywhere, Basically, go hop out in, in your car in the middle of the summer when it's seventy degrees out. <laughs> get your body temp, get your body temperature up to one hundred and eight. That'll do the trick for you. Mm-hmm. I've known people said they did that. They just go hop out in their car and heat their body up, and it helped their cancer cells. Mm-hmm. Basically, after one hundred and eight degrees, cancer cells die, but your healthy cells won't. Mm-hmm. One hundred and eight degrees Fahrenheit kills cancer cells. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't find full body hypothermia, just go hop out in your car when it's 70 degrees, stay out there and heat your body up. Right, right. Sounds, doesn't sound like it's very technical, or, but I know people have said they did it and it helped them out. I believe in aloe, Father Romero Zago, he, he believes in giving you one or two tablespoons a day, 30 minutes before meal, three times a day. And he's he helped people in Brazil overcome cancer with just aloe vera alone. I think aloe vera is a wonderful thing. Something that any time I have a problem with the GI tract, I get the aloe vera out. And I had a neighbor who told me that she had was a chronic condition in the GI system. I can't remember. can't think of the name of it. But it was similar to Crohn's. And she was paying $1,200 or her insurance company was paying $1,200 a month 
for the medication, but it wasn't helping. And so innocently, I said to her, well, anytime I have a problem with my GI tract, I take probiotics and Elevira. And she said, oh, what's that? And I told her, and she said, oh, where do you get it? I told her. So a few months later, she said to me, you know, I started taking that. And she said, I used to have four or five episodes a day of the condition. And she said, now... She said, I almost never have it. And then the last time we talked about it, and she'd had it by then, she'd been taking it maybe five, six years. She said that she used to have it four or five times a day. And now she says, I might have it once every three, four months. So aloe vera is a wonderful, soothing supplement. And if I had 10 things in my medicine cabinet, that would be one of them. Now, can you? I drink I drink mm. aloe I drink aloe vera juice every spring and fall when the farmers because I live in a rural setting here in Ohio agriculture mm-hmm. and when the farmers are out there turning their Roundup up in the planting in the fall when they're harvesting I do an ounce every day of lily of the desert and I feel it helps me out mm-hmm. and in the winter I drink it and I don't get again I don't get colds too often I think aloe vera juice helps that out. And when I take it in the spring, just by drinking an ounce a day, 32-ounce bottle, 32 days, I very seldom get a sunburn, and I can stay out in the sun all day, pretty much for hours and still not get a sunburn during the deep part of the summer. Mm-hmm. It's just aloe vera juice protecting my skin. Well, I feel if it protects my skin, it'll protect my organs. I read recently that the antioxidants will also reduce the damage from the sun. And I hadn't, I'd missed that before. And so that I think is something important to know. And I don't know if LO is an antioxidant or not. I, I don't think it's an a- antioxidant. What it is is antifungal along that line. It's oh, not really a true is antioxidant, it? but it's antifungal, viral. Mm-hmm. Now, when, we're talking antiox- when you're talking antioxidants, we're talking like Thomas Lodi down there in. Oasis down there in Nazareth, Arizona. Mm-hmm, he does a right. lot of insulin potentiation therapy, and he puts intravenous curcumin, garlic, quercetin, resveteril, things like that into your system, and that helps out with the antioxidants when mm-hmm. you have cancer. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm a big booster of Thomas Lodi's work. Mm-hmm. If anybody would like to have good information, Google Thomas Lodi's name on the internet, and Listen to his videos. He'll really he'll educate you quickly. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, it's it's L O D E or L O D I. L O D I. Yes, it. Yeah. Good. I connected, but I haven't talked with him for a long, long time. Oh, he'd be a good guest for you. What is yeah. your thoughts about traditional medicine, Ken? Actually, in my group, I help people overcome chemo. I have one member. She's from Millersburg. Ohio, her, her father went through cancer and went to uh, Cleveland Clinic's little clinic up in Worcester, Ohio. Uh-huh. And after he went through chemotherapy, he was on his deathbed. He was in pretty bad shape. So she started, they eliminated the um, food preservatives out of his diet, put him on easy tea, and within 10 days, he was up and at him again, chopping wood. So he basically went deathbed to chopping wood in a week and a half. I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you detox after it and don't feed the chemotherapy a bunch of uh, chemicals in your food, it doesn't like to see because it thinks it's cancer cells, mm-hmm. and it will attack your healthy cells if it thinks that. And if you eliminate that possibility, you have a greater greater chance of surviving chemo if you feel like you, chemo is your answer. Because mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of people about Naturals, and they say, "Oh, that doesn't work. I got to, I got to do chemotherapy." So I always tell them, oh, "Do your chemotherapy, but make sure you detox afterwards, and maybe about a week before you start chemo, feed yourself fruits and vegetables, and basically a clean diet." Because mm-hmm. chemo will attack the food preservatives in your diet. Mm-hmm. That's why I learned from Lindsay up here in Millersburg. Judy Seeger is a big believer in detoxing after. You've completely finished chemo and has different programs for this and has done quite a bit of work in that area. So she's one that I know that is 
big believer in detoxing. I think that yeah, she, she that, has a YouTube video on. She mm -hmm. has a YouTube video on the internet too. Mm -hmm. Judy Sager does mm -hmm. about chemo and detoxing. It's a pretty comprehensive video too. Mm -hmm. Great. I think that the traditional medicine is also useful at certain times. It's like I had a strangulated hernia once, and I was doing an antique show in Richmond. I got up at 5 in the morning in severe pain, and I got someone to go with me that was doing the show, and we got the guard to let us in, and they loaded my truck up, and I came home. I got a neighbor to unload it. I drove to the emergency, and I got on the stretcher, and I thought, I never want to get off the stretcher again, and I was happy to have the surgery. And another time I had used, and, and you know this, I'd used herbs to treat my cataracts for 10 years. And it was getting to the point where they weren't working as well as they should anymore. And so I went and had laser surgery and correction of the astigmatism and correction of the vision. And now I see perfect 2020. So again, that was a time when the surgery was useful. But I think most of the time, if the natural things work, then for me, I pick that. But I support whatever anyone chooses because it's empowering to make a decision. And like you, if someone chooses chemotherapy, then I try to help them make the side effects less severe and then the detoxing at the end. Yeah, I always tell people in my group who wants to do chemotherapy, Scott Hamilton, the figure skater, he's uh -huh. got chemocare.com chemo on the Internet. I always tell him, get in his website because he's got it displayed in there, each chemotherapy drug they use and the popular side effects from each chemotherapy and how you can overcome them. And I think it's really a, a really one of the most impressive websites on the Internet if you want to do chemotherapy. Uh -huh. It gives you an idea what to expect and what your warfare can do if you start having the nasty side effects. That's good to know. What I like about Scott Hamilton, too, he's, he's got a TED Talk on the Internet. Mm -hmm. it's, he talks about proton therapy for brain cancer. I think proton therapy is a Therapy with anybody who's got brain cancer should investigate for their treatment. Mm -hmm. I think it does a lot of good in brain cancers. Does it? We have proton therapy here in Hampton where I live, but I've never gone to talk with them. So I think it's similar, isn't it? Targeted radiation. Yeah, it's a direct shot into the tumor. Yeah. I'd interviewed someone in New York when they first started doing that a few years back but I've not talked to anyone here locally yet. So is there anything else you'd like to talk about, Ken? We've got maybe four or five minutes left if there's other things to talk about. First thing I'd have to say is if people have got cancer, if you're deciding between conventional or natural, get your cancer graded from a health professional. Find out what grade it is because one thing is, what you're fighting against is if you're going to be doing natural, when you maybe you should be doing chemotherapy for like triple negative breast cancer, go ahead and do your chemotherapy and then back it up with a more of an integrative approach. Even like glioplastoma. Mm -hmm. Cheryl Broyle, she's on the internet. She survived with a glioblastoma. She had 14 surgeries and she's a glioblastoma. Uh, cancer survivor of 19 years, she basically does a more of an integrative approach. So if you think that maybe natural is something you want to consider, get your cancer typed and graded, go from there. Because if it's an aggressive type of cancer, like leomyosarcoma, maybe you ought to be doing immunotherapy and, and then maybe back it up with the natural after you overcome, let the immunotherapy work and back it down a little bit for you. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. Because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people what's done natural with leomyosarcoma to be exact five on the internet, and all five of them passed away. Mm -hmm. Where 
looking back, maybe they should have considered immunotherapy because I think immunotherapy is going to be a new trend in the future. Right. Mm-hmm. I think immunotherapy is going to make chemotherapy obsolete here in about another five to ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I... China, they got... Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Carl. One thing I'd like to mention before we end, too, and that is uh, because we haven't talked anything about prevention or diagnosing, but there is a test that I want to mention because it's relatively inexpensive, and it picks up cancer up to 8 to 10 years before any other diagnostic test or any symptoms, and that is the CA profile or the cancer profile. And it's a combination of seven different tests that already exist. And the physician that developed this has put uh, put a lot of research into picking the right tests. And if I remember right, it was about $200, and it's about 90-something percent accurate. And what I like about it is that you could have this test, and if it showed that you had uh, the probability of having cancer in the future, you could change your lifestyle and then have it again and hopefully prevent the cancer or have a less severe um, case of cancer. Yeah, it's not pretty much like the Navarro test, too. Right, it's except the Navarro doesn't pick up way ahead like that. The, at least, the, uh, I thought the Navarro did. I thought people usually use that as a test to determine how well they were progressing and that if it was below 50, you didn't have it. And if it was above 50, you did. That's how I've used it with people that wanted to use the approach I used. But I wasn't aware of it being picking up that eight to 10 years before. In fact, I wasn't aware that any test, other test did that. But you think that it does? I may have been misinformed on that. I'm glad I threw it in, though, because if people were listening to this broadcast, they hear the Navarro test, they can check into it and say, find out if it's an option they need. Mm-hmm. I would like to throw in another one. Is Robert Nagorny out in Long Beach, California. He's got the chemo sensitivity testing. If you want to do chemo, you can get an oncologist in your area to uh, call his toll-free number, and you can send your lab test out, blood test out to him, a sample of your blood, and he can run different types of chemotherapy samples in your blood and Mm -hmm. find out the perfect combination, what will kill your cancer. Mm -hmm. He says that helps people a lot better knowing the combination of chemotherapy instead of a shot in the dark of just pumping any type of chemotherapy into your system, not not knowing for sure if it's going to kill your cancer or not. Mm -hmm. It's like a personalized approach to chemotherapy. Forster out there in Reno, Nevada does it at Century Wellness also. Mm-hmm. I think he goes by Forster Cancer Institute now. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to Robert. close up. We're going to have to end now, Ken, because we're at the end of the time. So I okay. thank you very much for joining me today and for sharing your knowledge from your years and years working with people that have cancer. So I thank you very much. Thank you, Carl. I thank you for joining me today on the Holistic Health Show. I hope some of the information was useful, and I look forward to seeing you again in two weeks. <laughs>